Hi. Hi. Welcome back to the pod. Our guest episodes have been crushing. I know. Crushing. Not to toot our own horns, but... <laughs> it's nothing to do with yeah. us. It has everything to do with the guest. <laughs> it literally has nothing to do with us. <laughs> Guys, today. Today we have on the amazing Liv Prez. She is... Livia. Such a joy. She's such uh. a joy. She Infectious. is yes. She's a journalist. She's an entrepreneur, and she's the founder and host of Friend of a Friend podcast, which is, by the way, one of our favorite one of podcasts. our favorite podcasts. Listen, Please I know listen that I it. shouldn't say this as a podcast girly that has her own podcast, but I'm not a podcast girly. <laughs> You're really not. Gabby never listens to him. I'm always asking her about different ones, and she's like, hmm. I'm like, send me the clip, send me the timestamp yeah. because yeah. I just I don't I don't know I don't know I used to be, but Liv's podcast but Liv's? is the exception. Because yeah. that shit hits. <laughs> and I, I take so many gems away from it. Every it's so episode. insightful. It's so thoughtful. It's so intentional. Mm-hmm. And she just, you'll see in this episode, is so unbelievably generous, not only with her time, but with her knowledge and her vulnerability. We touched on so many things. It was just chef's kiss. She's she's brilliant. I think I I we said this in the episode, but I just want to keep reiterating it. Like, even just like watching her speak and watching her kind of share about lessons she's learned along the way helps me learn more about myself and more about how I communicate. And like it, it she's truly a fucking expander. You'll hear it. Like You'll she's hear it. amazing. What you can expect. We talked about boundaries. We talked about goal setting. We talked about mentorship. We talked Oof. about lots of work career stuff. Manifesting a little career. bit. She feels differently than us. So that's fun. We love well, no, when people not disagree. I mean, no, I don't even think it was like a harsh disagree. No, I think she thinks the same things about us. I think we just use different vocabulary use different for vocabulary. it mm-hmm. and have like different perspectives towards it. But that's what's yeah. fun. We, you know, we live in the nuance. So I, very... I love when people think <laughs> she said it. Take a shot. Bring just it back. kidding. But yeah, this was a great episode. I really hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to stop talking so you can just feel all the feels. This was very helpful, especially if you are in any sort of stage in mm-hmm. change or pivoting your career, mm-hmm. or even if you're not and you just are feeling stagnant, this mm-hmm. is the episode for you. Let live re inspire you, baby. Enjoy the app. See you next week. Like, subscribe. You can't do that on here, but you know what I mean. Uh, rate and review. Rate and review. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to do our jobs. Okay, bye. Bye. Wait, is it the road? Uh-huh. Oh How my gosh, mine's in the mail. Too. It's mine's really in the good. way to me. On the way to me? Really good. I'm not going to lie. And like, I don't really like flavored chap lips glosses. And like, I'm like Which putting it one? on like yeah. 10 times a day. Um, I actually like hate salted caramel. And the salted caramel one is like addicting. Like I can't stop Wait, using really? it. Really? I got the watermelon. Road, road oh. cosine. <laughs> I got the plain because I was like, flavors freak me out. Yeah. And it still is like yeah. a little minty. The plain. The plain. Yeah, I haven't even tried it because I've just been so addicted to the other two flavors. Wait, have you tried the other? I haven't met anyone that's tried the serum or the cream yet. So you have to tell me. Yes, I have. Um, I'm a, since moving back to LA, I've become a really big simpleton with my skin routine. Like I used to be the girl that was like 15 steps, blah, blah, blah. Um, And my skin here is really dry. So for me, it's really just about that moisturizer. Like I literally cleanse with like, have either of you been to... um, Gabby, I feel like I told you about this when you first moved here. I feel like you were looking for a facial spot. It's called Facial, I think it's called. They pronounce it. Oh, I think we have talked about this. 
It's on. It's actually really great if you're looking for a new facial or like filler, Botox, whatever. It's on Melrose Place. F A C I L E. Um, okay. I just use that. Yes, Ooh. exactly. I'm like face seal. I think there's no accident there, so I'm like a face. I'm like writing it yeah, down. Who knows? Um, so I use that cleanser, and then the duh skin. Is that how you say it? We're saying it duh. Do right? duh do do. I think do. she says do. I don't know. It's do. I think you're do right. is. It's do. Do you guys are unbelievable. That my skin has like I went on a trip last week and like I hit Marta up and was like I cannot go on this trip if you don't restock me. Like I'm really sorry I forgot, but like I would drive <laughs> anywhere in LA. Literally Please. drove to her house. She had two little like packages waiting for me, obviously in front of her like perfectly chic house. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's all Angel. I've been using. And my skin has like been pretty good. Driving. Yeah. Dude. No, it's Driving. all of our friends but, are addicted to to do. Yeah, it's amazing. But back to road. Sorry. That's kind of perfect for someone like me who just needs like that moisture. Just so moisture. I love it. Yeah. I love mm. both, both yeah. serum and cream. You co-sign. Yep. Yep. Love both Ooh, of them. They're really, really try. good. I have Ooh. deep respect for like Haley as a person. I love her. But as like a business, she did it so right where like she gave off this Free like products. dewy dewy, gorgeous mm-hmm. donut glaze skin for like five years and then came yeah. out with products just for that. She could yep. have been like, I'm going to give you a whole skincare line. No, she went yeah. like so Kim. targeted. And they came out but, at the same time and she does 11 and she does three. And I feel like Road is has way more hype than Skin by Kim. Or I mean, I'm not putting skin on. So exactly. <laughs> popped onto the show, like literally applying exactly. Road. Um, no, and her really. price yeah. points are just unbelievable so accessible so yeah. beautiful like no one does that like totally totally standard yep. yeah she's yep. killing it thanks dan agreed okay we have the live press sign off yeah you heard it here first team go try it and uh, you're right the price point price point is really good and if you're like even a little bit more hesitant like jump on tiktok there are a lot of dermatologists and estheticians who are yeah. doing like actually co-signing it as well she has really expensive ingredients in there but somehow got it to a low price point big stan big stan love it it's funny you say that because I saw Marta's co-founder, who's the like skin scientist review wrote on her TikTok the other day. And I was like, fuck it. Okay, I got to do it. If they do scientist is saying it's good, then I trust it. Well, listen, you know? and then like the world also, because the universe goes like this, I was watching Hailey Bieber's Vogue like skin thing and she was using she the do mask. Do. And yes, I sent Marta yes. a picture and I was like, this she is so do. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's a big, big do fan. She uses um, the moisturizer as well. There you go. Yeah, I go. saw that as well. I was like, love. Oh, I know. One world's That's when you know. It makes me very happy. It yeah. makes mm-hmm. me so happy. I just like, I also just, she, she did a podcast. Um, she was on the Los Angeles podcast and they were asking about what she, um, what she was really inspired by. And she brought mm-hmm. up Mariana and Lauren from Summer Fridays. And so it's actually just really nice to like see this industry of like young female entrepreneurs. Everyone is like co-signing each other and supporting each totally. other and coming up and like, I don't think you see that a lot. Like, I don't see that a lot with young yeah. designers, but like beauty, yeah. they're all just vouching for each other. And I'm so here That's for true. It. That's so true. Yeah. Sorry <sighs> for this very random tangent, guys. No, please. This, by the way, that's a Skincare question that I want to talk day. to you about later. Yeah. So we'll we'll circle back to what you just said because I feel that way with you. But we also so- live. Hi, yeah. nice to meet you. Hi. I, I, I like didn't even need. introduce myself. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> come on. I, know. I was like... So which products did you buy? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you and I have had so many mutual friends. I feel like I'm just like, hi, I know you. I know, for real. Here. Hi. No, hi, literally. So nice to finally meet you. You too. We're so excited. So happy you're here. Like this course, has been- I'm happy to be here. We're so happy. We're, we're making it happen. We start 
every episode by asking our guests what they're currently unpacking. Just to like give a listen. It could be okay. We've had you we've guys had, should have seen I, my eyes just now. <laughs> oh, oh, videos being published, my friend. Yeah, they, they can <laughs> see. <laughs> um, we've had like Teffy came on here and was like, I just had to tell the guy that she was seeing at the time, like that she had to poop in front of him. She's like, That's what I'm unpacking, is like figuring that right. out. And rough then we one. have I know. yeah. Rough and then rough one. the first poop. <laughs> the first poop is always the hardest. Oh, and then we've had people that are like actually really talking about something that they're actually going through. So take it as you will. First thing as that comes to as mind. Light, yeah. As you want it. We the run the game. Mm-hmm. I am unpacking what it means to be new at something as an adult. <laughs> yeah. Since I've moved back to LA. I little preface for listeners who don't know me. Um, I was living in New York for 10 years, kind of where I started my career. I was in fashion and journalism there. COVID happened. My boyfriend lived in LA. My family lived in LA. I was like being dumb if I thought I was going to stick it out in New York by, my, like, by myself. So I came back and I felt like I had a really deep need for community. Like I just didn't have my like day-to-day people that I was really used to for the past decade. So I threw myself into a ton of different things. Like I threw myself into an acting class. Like I threw myself into an art class. I threw myself into all of these things. And it has been actually the one of the, probably one of the more like personally rewarding things I've ever done because I had to put myself in a room where like, I don't really know anybody. And I was starting from scratch and it made me realize like as adults, we really have a fear of doing that. Like think of how many times Mm -hmm. people say like, oh, like I've never done that before. Like I'm not going to do that. And I've been kind of doing those things for about a year now. And it's been, since it's been a year, I'm pretty self-reflective on it in this moment being like, wow, I stuck to it for a year. I didn't like just give up after COVID, but really like I'm kind of unpacking the rewarding feeling of really putting yourself out on a limb and getting used to like not being good at everything in your adult years and like taking a risk on something and not sitting here being like, oh, I'm 28. I can't go like try a totally new industry. Like what am I talking about? Like life is so long for me. You know, I always like, pe- mm-hmm. I feel like people always say life is short, life is short, do it. But I just, you know. But I, the twenties are like our infancy. We're barely adults. We're like children. Yeah, we're just starting. <laughs> we're literally children. Yeah. My parents got divorced like six years ago. And when they got divorced, they became entirely new people. Wow. My dad is 82 and just moved to Tel Aviv. My mom wow. like completely moved to the beach and like is living a life that she's wanted to live for a long time. And that really gives me this idea of life being really long and having multiple chapters and you're going to be like multiple different people. So like, I'm so happy that I like took a risk on trying new things and meeting new people and I want to keep doing it. So I've just been really reflective on that and kind of unpacking what that really means to put yourself out on a limb. Are you doing it both personal and professional? That's a great answer by the way. And something that no one's ever said before. Yes. Oh, and yeah. something that we don't talk about honestly enough, and I don't think Meadow and I have even unpacked that to the fullest extent on the podcast. Are you implementing that like more personally or professionally or both? Um, great question. I mean, I think it's a scary thing to one for what I do. If you're listening right now and you're a journalist, you are a storyteller, whatever it is, like get yourself in an acting class, like get yourself a vocal coach, like all of those things are like amazing for <laughs> your ability to one be have all the courage and yeah. um, just strength on stage, talking to people, communicating. But also mm. like a vocal class, like 
taught me so much about my voice and how I speak and how I present myself. So it was wow. super, obviously professionally, it was major. It was so helpful to just learn more about mm-hmm. how I literally present myself to other people and how I can work with that and tweak yeah. that. Yeah. Becoming a character or, you know, leaning into a, an emotion a bit more. Um, but it really came out of a personal need, like this need to just feel supported, part of community and challenged. Like for me, that's, I always want to be doing that. I think in my industry, we're constantly, I constantly am challenged with like new platforms. It's TikTok, it's real, it's all these things. It's um, even podcasting is relatively new. So I like to stay on my toes. I'm used to that. And I think that that's kind of what keeps me my mind going. Wow. That's so, you gave me flashbacks. It's so funny because Gabby, we haven't talked about this on the podcast, but truly yesterday I was going through just like old essays I've written. And I wrote one about when I, I like grew up dancing my whole life. And then I wrote one about going back to an adult ballet class after not dancing for 10 years. And it very, it's, it was very much all the qualms of like that uncomfortability of being like so bad at something as an adult (laughs) and like awkward and like insecure. But when you're doing it with, like you're saying, what a better way to like find community and find friends. Cause when you're doing it all with someone, that camaraderie happens so quick. Cause you're like, you guys, we all look ridiculous. Like there's nothing to do. I did something so dumb in my acting class last night and I got so insecure for like five minutes. And then I realized that like everyone was like, it's okay, dude. Thinking the same thing about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the note of your dance class thing. Um, I was also a dancer my whole life. I did ballet until I was 18, thought I was going to go pro, ended up going to college instead. And because it was like such a, a dramatic life shift for me, like I literally was, I did not have like a normal high school, middle school at all. I was constantly yeah. dancing, constantly like doing Same. shows and the whole Same. thing. Yeah. Um, it was such an abrupt quit for me. I quit for like 10 years. Oh no, I quit for, um, I don't think I stepped foot into a dance class again four years later. And I decided oh, wow. to go to Steps in New York City, which was the dumbest decision I've ever made. <laughs> I literally left that class crying. I was like, <gasps> I, no, I cannot. I never went back. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that. Meadow, I feel your pain big time. Like going back, like, wow, I fucking suck. And my entire thing was about like that feeling as a kid of like how, like craving, especially ballet, like craving their approval and Mm. never getting it. But then you can't want it too much because then they won't give it. Like ballet dynamics are a whole other ballgame too. So I'm sure. Wow. Also, you're in the old dad club. I didn't know that about you. And Gabby and I were also in the old dad club. Have fun. I'm in the old dad club. We love the old dad club, but you know what? We love the old dad club. I don't know, man. Like seeing my 82-year-old dad move to Tel Aviv after he's that's lived what here I mean. for, for 60 years. I'm like, life is yeah. long. Like that's a new chapter. He's experiencing a whole new life right now. And it really just makes me, it makes me want to keep doing like things like this. Go to a dance class, go to an acting class, do something totally out on a limb. Cause like there's just so many chapters and so much opportunity if you grab it. Right. Absolutely. Right. That's that's the thing is like what you just said is if you grab it because it's literally all right there. I have such a fe- – I'm getting over it and it's it's due to like a lot of like inner child work that I've been attempting to do because I really am like – I don't like feeling embarrassed. Like I really don't like being bad at stuff. I really don't like feeling embarrassed and like I just have to get over it. Yes. Right. But like I feel like I an acting class is the perfect place to do it though. But I was like, I'm fine being embarrassed. I'm like, like sadistic I- in that way. I'm like, I don't really mm, – I make no, a I'm fool not. of myself in a fun way. I don't know. But in acting class, I feel like actors, like, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's true. Just, that's true. You yeah. fling yourself into situations. Yeah, there's deep, there's deep camaraderie in that. And I think it's – I'm really grateful that that community has let me in in even a small way. 
you, you, there's nothing really quite like it. It's fun. Everyone's just out there to, to figure it out for themselves. And you really yeah. can't make fun of your peer or judge your peer in any way because you're going to have to do the same shit in five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and That's by the way, I love that this is how we started this episode because the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about, I feel like is such – it introduces such a dichotomy like between your personality, by the way. Mm. And because when I first met you, which – I'm sure like in our little intro, we recorded after, but everyone's going to hear me like sing your praises. But when you and I first met, like I related to you on so many levels, but I felt like I really got your brain in a way where I feel like we calculate this similar and like you're very practical and grounded and rooted. And I like to think that I'm like a very literal human in the same sort of way that you are. And especially in the type of work that you do in journalism, like Meadow and I were talking about it. We're like, her interviews are so fucking good. Like this girl is so good at what she does. You kill it. You are like beautifully eloquent. And you help us learn. You help us learn a Mm -hmm. ton. And to hear someone like you who like is so practical in one area of your life. And then like in the other area is just like joyful Mm -hmm. and like allowing that inner child to like live and breathe, I think is such a fun um, dichotomy that we don't see all the time Mm -hmm. because the people I feel like don't allow themselves to like just have their cake and eat it too let all the Uh yeah exactly like have their cake and eat it too and allow all their pieces of their personality to like genuinely shine oh I love that you know um, a lot of my friends will say to me my closest friends in the world will say the person that I know is not the person that Instagram knows and Mm -hmm. I say the first thing I say is okay what is it and they're like you are so funny and joyful and like that is so there is so like not that on your Instagram and I find that so interesting. It's not intentional. I think it's just a, we all have it, work brain versus yeah. personal brain. Um, but yeah, I think it's like a goal of mine to kind of bring that into just my full life in general because I am, I totally am that way. I, I'm just always kind of, I, I am very joyful and that's just what I always want to give off. Does that help you separate the work that you do with social media of like making it mm. work? Like with boundaries? Ah, uh, sorry. Yeah. Just, yeah, in the way of like... Or are you more mean like, like okay, this is work and this is me? Yes, mm. yes. Like having the sort of separate... Compartmentalization of that, yeah. Sometimes, because then I feel like if they got too blended, I think it would become me. It would consume me. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some times where mm-hmm. it's the weekends and I'm just kind of enjoying my time with my family and I don't want to share. And the only way that I'm allowed to do that without being too hard on myself is to say, well, that's work. And it's Sunday. And people aren't working today. And so I'm going to mm-hmm. take my day. And that might not be well, that might not be a good thing for me overall in my career. But I think it's just allowed me to find some, find some solid ground in an industry that mm. feels like a tornado. The more I treat it yeah. like someone else's job, like, okay, mm. nine to five, the more that I try to at least find some semblance in that, I feel like the healthier my mind is. Granted, by the way, like, that is so not the way it ends up being. Like there are some days where I'm working really late at night until 11 o'clock because I work for myself. And the next day, like I just need to fall asleep from noon to one because I cannot function and then I'll get back to it. But yes, I do think that compartmentalizing a little bit helps me to just find some sort of rationale to it all. Mm. Interesting. I have so many thoughts around it that I will keep to myself that are an off off side conversation (laughs) because it is like... I mean, I guess I'm not just, I'm just going to talk about it now, okay. I guess. Go for it. You have, like, I have to leave at 5.15, so, like, you have me for an hour. Go ahead. <laughs> Great. I'm like, thanks. I'm like, Liv, it's going to be a quick little combo. And then I'm like, oh, so many sidebars. But that is a thing, especially we see because you're in an industry, so you're a journalist, right? But, like, you also 
are very forward facing on social media and that's part mm-hmm. of your job and it's integrated into your job. And I think we hear so often just like, just be yourself and like be authentic. And like, then that's when lines get blurred and when it becomes obsessive and you're constantly just feeling the need to share literally all of yourself. And the next thing you know, you wake up and like your life exists on the internet and you feel like you owe these people something mm. and you've done a good job at creating that boundary. I do f- hear that often with most of the people that work in social media that come on my show do give that advice, which is to be yourself and share your life. But I think there's a, you have to want that. Mm. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't really, like I have like, you know, young content creators who are aspiring to be in the industry come up to me and say, what do I do? Like, what can I do? And I'll say, you know, you have to find the thing that it is about you that, that other people want to see and other people can relate to. Like, what is it about you that, you can share with the world. But again, I always say to that person before I gave that bit is you have to instinctually want to do it. You cannot force yourself to do it because it won't be authentic. You know, I I see all these TikTokers Mm -hmm. and I see so many content creators who it's just so seamless for them. And I praise them and I bow down to them because it is work for me sometimes. But yeah, I think that's something that if you're an aspiring content creator, you have to kind of come to terms with, like come to terms with, like, is it something that's naturally flowing out of you? Does it feel like work? And then once you figure that out, what is it about you that you can pack, that you can naturally share every day that provides value to your audience without sacrificing your sanity? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's such a beautiful way to kind of like answer the question of how, because we talk a lot about vulnerability and like sharing online with vulnerability and whether we're actually vulnerable or not, because we're sharing from scars Mm -hmm. and not wounds and like choosing Mm -hmm. what you share and how you heal from things, but like still having that authentic vulnerability and feeling like you're mirroring the message that you want to say, but then also having those boundaries. And I feel like that's such a beautiful way to think about how to like mirror that or find that balance for yourself is what genuinely flows and feels like the part of you people want to see that you're willing and mm. able to give without sacrificing your own energy, I guess. Someone, a peer of mine called me this morning asking for advice on a subject for social media. She has something from her past, from a child, from her childhood that was incredibly traumatic for her. She lost her dad and mm. she's really interested in getting involved in advocacy work around the way that her father passed. And she said to me, you know, she doesn't have a following on Instagram. She was like, should I, I really want to share this story and kind of bring some awareness to it in hopes that I can get involved in advocacy, advocacy work. And it's kind of what you're saying now, wounds versus scars. I said to her, I was like, Hey, for me, I'm a big advocate for sharing and being vulnerable on the internet, but I'm an even bigger advocate for sharing in an effort to facilitate community. So I said to her, I was like, Hey, if you're going to share this, not make sure there's a point because that feels super, um, there doesn't need to be a point. But I said, I was like, Hey, like if you're going to share, maybe turn it into a moment where you can say, does anybody following me have a lead on how I can get involved in this? Or is anybody following me like interested in doing this with me? Mm-hmm. And I think mm. that to me, if you're going to share on social, I think that's such a unique opportunity to do it and probably will be so much more healing than just picking up the, picking at the scab and sharing on social. Yes. Does that, yes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It makes so much sense. And I've listened to you talk with, I obviously in binging your podcast so much about community. And I think you're such, you have such a good pulse on what it means to like authentically build it, even in the way that you're like, I needed community. So I went to do 
all these different classes. It just takes me back to when I went to UCSB, I went to two different, I transferred colleges, but the first one I was at was UCSB and I was so unhappy there and I didn't know what to do and I hated it. And I thought, fuck it, I got to get involved somewhere. And so I like, I got a job working Mm. at the counseling center on campus and like getting, leaning into it and getting involved rather than separating myself and pushing it away made it the reason why I then enjoyed my time there. But it, it just makes me think, I'm wondering, do you have for people, I think we get a lot of, at least I see it in our DMs all the time. We get so many questions about people in transition stages, whether that's like COVID related or college or getting out of school or whatever, mm-hmm. and trying to find those communities. Do you have tips on like, kind of like making the first move as a friend in finding your community or like how to find your footing and gain your confidence and like going into those spaces, especially if you're going alone, because you seem clearly so good at it or in a place where you can like (laughs) reflect on your success in it. Mm. I think the point you brought up about college was crucial for me. And I love that you did that Mm. because NYU is, I went to NYU and NYU is like such a discombobulated school. There's not really a sense of community unless you make it for yourself. And I I did exactly. City schools are like that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I went to I did exactly what you did. Like I joined my magazine club. I joined my fashion club. I became the editor in chief of the school magazine. Like, and for NYU, like those are kind of weird things. Like kids at NYU don't really do that, but I did it anyways. Cause I needed, I knew that I would meet other people. And by the way, I would say that 80% of the people that I worked with on all of those things are now very accomplished people in both the journalism and fashion industry. And I am so grateful that I have them as friends and vice versa, because we are constantly bouncing ideas off of each other and constantly giving each other opportunities. And if I can say anything in that sense, if you're someone in college, leaving college, finding communities where you bond over something is the most important thing. Yeah. It's a fashion club. Join the fashion club because I bet you all those people that you hang out with in the fashion club will come back around at some point in your career. Moving to a new city. I mean, for me, I actually think that creating some sort of routine for yourself actually opens up a lot of doors for friendship. When I had first moved here, I would like go on walks or I would kind of go to the same coffee shop every day. And I would see the same people over and over again. And you say, hi. And then eventually you say, hey, how are you? And then you eventually say, hey, good to see you again. Hey, what's your dog's name? And it's just kind of moments like that, that I think, I think we're so used to being in the digital world that like we sit in these places that we go to every day and like, we're just on our phones. But if you like literally put your phone down and say, hi, I guarantee you the person next to you is the person that you see every single day in the same coffee shop. Um, So I think that's really, really important. And I bet you that everybody listening right now has lived or currently lives in some kind of community where people go on walks every morning and walk their dog and you walk past them and you say, hey, good morning. Mm -hmm. I know I do where my mom lives. People go on walks Mm -hmm. every morning and every person that passes me says, hey, good morning. Have a good morning. And I think for me, I, I think people really overthink this idea of making friends, but we don't realize that like the opportunities are literally right in front of us. Like they're right so there. Like, yeah. There are so many people that I pass on those walks in the morning that I see every day. And like, there are some people that I've struck up more conversations with. Even I think something that COVID taught us is like our neighbors. Like, does anyone talk to their, did anyone used to talk to their neighbors? And then during COVID, oh like they were your lifeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I think a lot of the times it's, with meeting new friends and finding community, it's people really overcomplicate it and like, oh, do I need to go on like, do I need to go on like the Tinder version of friendship? Right. Or is that Bumble? I don't right. know, whatever. Like, I need to do all these things. And it's like, 
actually, if you kind of remember back to the way that you made friends in elementary school, saying hi in class, saying hi to your teacher, like those are the things that I think you're going to find real human connection in. Oh yeah. Wow. That is such a good point. And it's funny that you say this because I want to talk to you about like the flip side of it. I want to talk about rejection quickly. Mm. And recently I had an experience. I told, I, well, Meadow didn't answer the phone, but I called her in like dire. Sorry. She didn't Wait, answer when? That day. Today? Okay. It's oh, okay. I'm so sorry. It's okay. No, 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 no. I, I went to, like, to an you event. rejected today? I know. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Like... I'm like right now, every day of my life. I was going to an event and I was like trying to network and I was, you know. Oh, listen, I know exactly what you're talking I'm about. I'm a big networker, yeah. but I went That's to an like... event that like I just, I, there was no need for me to be there. Like there just really wasn't. And I just was like, you know what? I'll go. And I went, I went alone and I walked in and did my thing, like tried to say hi. And it was just, it was really not the crowd. And it was really not the crowd of people who were like down to say hi. And it really took me back to living in New York of like, cause people in LA are, I've found are so much nicer and like so much friendlier. To your face. And it took me back to like, to my face. But it took me, sorry. Yeah. I'm like, at least to my face. I'm like, talk shit about me later. I don't care. But yeah. But at, at these events, it's better that way. I prefer. And so it just reminded me of like living in New York. Cause it was also like, I like ran into people that like I knew from like magazine life in New York and the crowd was a lot older than me. And I, I literally left. I was there for five minutes. I tried my, I sure tried. And I like, no one, no one wanted to talk to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm out of here. I was like, I can't, my social anxiety was so bad. And you had an episode recently that I have sent to every single person I know with Rachel Rogers on. Oh. By the way, we were DMing. Killer. We were DMing after I tagged her, and now we follow each other. And I feel like the most accomplished person on planet wow. Earth. She's awesome. She's amazing. She's amazing. That episode. Amazing. Everyone listening, go listen to Liv's episode with Rachel Rogers. She's the author of We Should All Be Millionaires. It was truly incredible. I sent like fifteen pitch emails this like ten minutes after yeah. hanging up with that. Like truly, yeah. we both had the most yeah, yeah, yeah. motivated days ever after listening to that episode. Mm -hmm. We talked Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. We really did. And so I was thinking about it because you were talking a lot in that episode and you and I personally have spoken about just constantly pitching and pitching and pitching yourself. And I wanted to know what tips you have on how you found the confidence to be rejected because it's going to happen. Ouch. Um, (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) I think, I'm not going to lie, like, with most things, practice. Mm. Mm. Like I've had, I'm in an industry that is so competitive and Mm. I'll change my answer a little bit. I think it's 50% practice and it's 50% not taking it personally Mm -hmm. because it's not Mm. personal. There Mm. are so many jobs out there that so many of my peers get over me. And then maybe six months later, I get the job and another person doesn't. And I think understanding that it's really not personal a lot of the times, like maybe that team doesn't have the marketing budget. Maybe that team has hit their quota on influencers they can work for that year. Maybe I'm just not on brand for that, that, that brand. Mm -hmm. Those things aren't, it's not a personal attack on me as a being. It just isn't the right Mm -hmm. fit. And I think coming to terms with that after a while and still, but still staying positive and putting myself up there no matter what. I think for me was was crucial because if not, I could have sat there and been like, oh my God, why are all these people on this trip and I'm not there? That could that could happen. If I let that, that could happen to me every single day. Mm-hmm. There are so many yeah. things going on in the social media world, so many things going on in the influencer world. 
And I think you have to build a little bit of a thick skin, but also build, build the trust in yourself to know that your work is powerful, who you are is powerful. And just because you don't get this one job doesn't mean that it's an attack on you. You just might not be the right fit in that moment, mm-hmm. which is why I loved what Rachel said so much. She said, keep pitching, put yourself out there, keep mm-hmm. sending new ideas because who knows, say this brand rejected me once in a year from now, if I send them a pitch that they like, they're going to work with me. So again, like just keeping that positive mindset on it and not taking it person like personally has really mm-hmm. been, I think the most important thing for me and, and not getting too down on it, but also like, let's all give ourselves a little grace. Like it's okay to be down when you get rejected. Like you're not expected to just be like, okay, like I got rejected. Like I'm going to be positive and walk around. Right. Like, it's okay. Like, take your feels. Yeah. Feel the feels. Take your hour, feel that rejection, but then put it away and get back to work. Gabby, it reminds me of Sam's episode talking about dropping your ego as a leader in business and mm. like running a we business. We just had Sam from Mayfair on. And it's oh, like, okay. it's kind of the same like perspective, but different. It's like dropping yourself and dropping your ego and seeing it very like from a different perspective, whether, and it's kind of like, it feels similar to dating too, I guess, in terms of if it's not meant for you right now, or if they don't want you right now, you don't have to want that either. Like just kind of accepting, like take that as a good sign of knowing, okay, good. That's not Mm -hmm. what I should be doing then almost like it helps you find things for you by finding what's not for you. I guess. Mm. Ego is like truly to me, one of the most debilitating things that you can have. The sooner that you learn how to like acknowledge it. Cause if you think about it, there are a lot of people who actually don't recognize their ego and it's oh, just present in their life. No. Are you an Eckhart Tolle oh, yeah. girly? I used to be, but I've just kind of okay. like, okay, I've just, I just have to track. I started, I never finished, but I know what <laughs> okay. you're talking about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah. 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 There. But it's similar to this. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of people are like subconscious in their, like it's part of their subconscious. They don't realize that they're doing it. And the sooner that you can like sit there, acting classes help with this a lot because like you cannot have an ego. So I can like fully recognize when you can't my be ego yourself. is. Nope. I fully recognize wow. when my ego is kicking in, whether I'm in conflict with a friend or a family or whatever it is, or if I'm feeling defensive mm. about something. Like the second that you acknowledge it and feel it and know how to control it and be like, I'm actually going to get more out of this conversation if I drop my ego and like meet the person where they're at, mm-hmm. bringing that down. Mm-hmm. It, I think if you're doing anything in life, entrepreneurial, whether you're in business, whatever it is, like it is such a game changer when you can just get rid of that and meet someone eye to eye and not take, again, are you a therapy? Not take everything so personally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To answer your question. Okay. Yes. I was like, are you in therapy? Yeah. I'm like, because <laughs> that what you asked, I didn't even hear you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because I'm like, we, we need to know actually, where you know these things. So I actually- I was like, if it's not I, Eckhart Tolle, who is it? <laughs> well, I think it's a mix of both. I haven't done a ton of therapy in my life. I'm actually just starting again. Mm. I was with a life coach for about six months, which I really loved that experience. It's a little bit more targeted. Mm. Like you find an issue yeah. and you tackle it. For me, my issue was just feeling this like major sense of insecurity of moving to LA and like being so out of my world. Um mm. And just kind of feeling again, like I was starting over. Um, So once I felt comfortable and I felt like I was standing on my own two feet, that's kind of when you part ways with a life coach. Um, But I'm, yeah, I'm just starting up again with therapy. I've done a few sessions. Um, But I think, Meadow, I don't know if you agree with this, like dancing growing up gave me such a a really strong sense of like body awareness and emotional awareness. Unbelievable. Because you're kind of forced to... You're, you're forced to storytell without words. You have to be really powerful with your emotions. So I, I, 
I credit therapy a lot, but I also just think that like, if you're someone right now who has like never done any of that, like you've never taken a dance class, an acting class, whatever it is, like I'm such a believer in like just diving into the arts in some way because you learn so much about yourself. So much. It might be a fun if you are in the mood to try a new class. I fell out of dance and by happenstance went straight to sign language and learning to communicate with your body oh, yeah. and not your words in a literal sense, not an abstract sense. Liv, you would literally become an interpreter. Like you'll pick it up as a dancer. You'll pick it up so quick. It is so much fun and it's communicating with your body and like same, same, but different. It is Wow. As a po- post dancer, it's the most fun yeah. thing in the entire world. Even Coda, like I was so deeply moved by yes. that movie. Oh, yeah. I cried. Yeah, so it was moved. beautiful. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's so good. You gotta do it tonight. I know. Okay, that's that's actually what I'm gonna do tonight. I canceled a date, so I'm gonna yeah, stay you'll home stay home that. and cry. It's so good. It's really, really right. beautiful. Really, really like one of those heartwarming movies that sticks with you for a long time. Yeah. Okay, wait, Liv. We want to know your thoughts on manifestation. I was just going to ask. Hard shift, but we got to ask her. Hard shift. Yeah. Hard, As a podcast harsh host, pivot, I personally like, love a, a harsh pivot. You got a harsh pivot sometimes. Yeah. Here we it's go. Almost done. We want to know yeah. your thoughts on manifestation. We, I heard your episode. I think it was in that same episode. Mm-hmm. It was. Where you yeah. like went as far to say, you were like, I'm not going to call it manifestation. I'm calling it calling it in. Wait, what? What did I say? You said, I'm calling something in. And then you were like, I don't even want to call it manifestation. Ah. Uh. But you're talking about like raising your self-worth kind of and like bringing- I was talking about raising- We're talking about money. And like taking yeah. opportunities because you have Which the self-worth. Honestly, and, yeah. Listen, we love a manifestation conversation. We're big co-create ladies. We're not like sit and mood board and vision board. Because that's not real manifestation. It's yeah. not real. But when you were talking about money, I was so mm-hmm. glad that you said that mm-hmm. because there are just so many- Anyway, what are your thoughts? There's a lot to unpack. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a manifester. I think that it's so interesting. We just did a human design episode and I, apparently I'm a manifesting. Oh, it was great. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a manifesting generator. Um, Me too. And, yeah. I, I mean, apparently like 90% of the population are manifesting. Yeah, I know. We're not um, special. I know. I found that out too. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. Okay. Like I want it to be the 1% one. You know what Me I mean? Me too. <laughs> I'm like, tell me I'm special. That's the performer. Really, That's you're the not. performer That's you and me. I'm like, God damn it. Special. That's um, so true. So, you know, manifestation has never really, uh, I've never gravitated towards it. I've never been the mood boarder. Um, I'm not, I don't have a particular religious practice that I dive into every day where I ask or pray to like, you know, to wish for something. I think I'm a little bit more pragmatic in my approach to that. I think for me, people, I'm a big believer in creating opportunity for yourself. And I don't know if that's maybe a different form of manifestation in a way, but I'm- It totally um, is. Yeah. So for me- In my book. In my book it is. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not someone who has, I have zero really experience in manifesting that much. I just really believe that like, it's not, it's not happening for you if you do not go do it. Um, especially someone right. who has worked for myself. Like I have, there have been so many things that I've invested in and so many places that I've invested in being in, because I know that in those moments I can network and get in front of people and and make those moments happen for me. Mm-hmm. I think people really kind of underestimate how powerful that is. So I'm constantly always thinking big picture. And I think we can get really caught up in like the day-to-day of things like, oh my God, I got to complete my to-do list. But like, 
are you taking 10 minutes in the day to think about what your big picture goals are? Like, can you have a whiteboard somewhere in your house with your immediate to-do list, but then what are your six-month goals? Like, what do you need to get to in those in these next six months so that every day you feel like you're chipping away at something bigger? Like, that for me mm. feels like my really practical form of manifestation because, you know, I think if you're working a nine-to-five and you're, you're in a job, there's a natural progression in that role if you work hard and, and you earn a raise or or whatever it is. But for me, if I don't make that raise for myself, not happening. Like if I don't level up, yeah. not happening. So creating those goals, putting myself in the position to create opportunity for myself is so important. And I think everyone should do mm. it in their everyday life. You know, it doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs and people who are, um, you know, self-employed, like put yourself in the position mm -hmm. for opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be career oriented. I think yeah. it, it takes us out of ourselves for a second because it's so easy to get caught up in the like granular details of things. And then you get caught up in the day to day. I was just experiencing this where I was telling mm -hmm. Meadow, I was like, I feel like things are going well with the podcast. You know, things with writing are good. And like, I just feel like I'm not moving though. Mm -hmm. Like I felt so stagnant. Unbelievably your stagnant. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, I was like, I feel so stagnant, even though I texted you. You texted me yesterday saying, no, like, no, that, like, what do you have going on? And I was like, yeah, I felt the same. I literally feel the same way as you do, which is I have my podcast. It comes out every week. I write mm -hmm. social media, all the content, all that stuff. Like I, and I, that keeps me busy and it keeps me really fulfilled. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a double-edged sword for me because there are, you know, I obviously want to continue to level up and accomplish new goals and reach new heights, but I also don't want to be a victim to this like constant show and tell generation totally. of like, Hey, I'm doing this now. And now I'm doing this. Like I I'm at a place right now that I wanted to be when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. So like, mm -hmm. I'm going to ride it yeah. and I'm going to set goals for myself. Not just because I want to be able to have something to tell. That is such a good distinction that is so difficult it's, from my personal experience is so difficult to conquer because I'm, I fall so victim to the show and tell, like, we all even do. When I of course, quit my job, like when I left AD, I was like, I'm leaving Condé Nast, like to do what, <laughs> to do what work for myself Jesus. and like write my little articles. Like I, I, I was like, what am I You're doing? I remember when I told my coworkers freelance for them. No. Yeah. Yeah. But still, there. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I right. get it. But yes, you are, but, you are yeah. leaving that comfortable job. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yes. 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 This is, oh God, this is why I, I told Meadow, I was like, Meadow, this is going to be such a good fucking episode because the way that you think makes so much sense, Liv. Like you, you're so practical and it's, you're able to put things into actionable, tangible steps that I think that is what sets you apart not only in like what you do in your industry, but also sets you apart in the mentorship role that mm. you take on with a lot of people and something that I've personally felt with you. And that's something that like Meadows say your piece, but I want to ask you about later too, because it, it, I don't know, it, it sets you apart. Thanks. I, I was just going to co-sign everything you said and say that one, you obviously don't need Eckhart Tolle because you very intuitively have such a pulse <laughs> on. So like the way I view manifestation is very different than other people. Like we don't fuck with the vision board, spiritual bypassing either. Like we're very much grounded in psychology, epigenetics, neuroplasticity. Like it's about doing that deeper work, setting big picture goals, 
thinking about mm-hmm. the granular, how to get there every day, and then doing the deeper work to like, do you have the self-worth to take that opportunity when it comes your way? Mm-hmm. Do, do you have this limiting to belief? Did you get rejected and now you're spiraling about it? And how can we move through that to call on something, whatever? I, I just had that. But, like, I have a huge job you- next week that I was about to say no to. And mm-hmm. I was like, what if I, what if it sucks? And like, it's going to exist forever. Like this job that I'm doing is going to exist in perpetuity. Like it's going to be Mm -hmm. in the ether Mm -hmm. forever. And it's kind of my first time doing something like this. And I was like, what if it's really bad? Or what if it just doesn't like happen the way I want it to? Or "Hmm, maybe they're going to like chop it out of the final thing. And and just thinking all these things through. And it, we all have that moment sometimes where we're like, are we worthy of that? And right. can I do it? And like, am I brave enough to do the thing mm-hmm. no matter what the outcome is? Like, am I brave enough? Or I to trust myself thing as an, as an experience for me. Exactly. We all have, we exactly. all have that. But I'm I excited think to see whatever project that I is when too. that comes out. I, I want to ask you like very, a very like granular version of you're clearly very good at like having those big picture perspectives and goals and then like disseminating them into daily tasks. And we have a good friend, Dana, that I think you remind me of both of you have that kind of uncanny ability to go back and forth very quickly. And so I Mm want to know like how conscious, how conscious of you are your goal setting? Is it like, are we thinking about it every day? Is it once a quarter you have it on your calendar to check in? Are you like kind of what's your process walk us through like very specifically what you do and how you're thinking about those things throughout your day. Mm. So the key for me and that has actually been having like accountability partners, honestly, especially working for myself. Like if I don't have that, like I can really easy get stuck in a silo. And I know so many peers that work for themselves and often feel the same way. Like a lot of us work from our homes. We have to travel alone for various jobs and attend events alone. And it's, it is a, what I do is often pretty isolating besides when I obviously get to the event and I see friends. Um, sure. but if I don't have, you know, I don't have a big team. I have like the agency that I'm signed to and I'm so grateful for my agent. Cause she's just, she's really, really practical. Like I am. And we have like once a month calls where we set goals and we cool. kind of work through it as an email. And, um, I also have how far in friend. advance are those goals? Sorry. It's okay. They're I'm usually like, I would say within four months, so kind of getting okay. them cool. within there. It depends on the goal, obviously. Like if it's, you know, hey, I want to get a deal with this brand. Like let's give it six months because maybe their goals might be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I want to pivot to this on social media and get this type of content out. I like to give myself a little bit of time and not rush it. Um, but find that person like in your circle that does something really similar to you and you guys can like support each other in that. One of my best friends is also... Um, Joe Holder. And he is also, I know Gabby knows, um, he's also just kind of in a similar field as me. We're like constantly hustling and trying to get shit done. And even though our work is really, really different, like finding a person in your community that is just always like, how are you? What are you working on? Like, Mm -hmm. what's the vibe today? Mm -hmm. What's going on over there? Like always just kind of reflecting back to you Mm -hmm. and another brain to kind of work with, I think is so crucial. It could be anyone, an agent, a friend, you know, a co-host, whatever it is, like find that person. If you do work alone, that can help you stay accountable for your goals. Cause setting goals can be really setting goals. You got to have no ego in that. Like period. Zero ego in that. Like you just have to go get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But I think that's so helpful in terms of like, cause I think I, I hear that a lot very flippantly, like, Oh, set your goals or remember your big picture goals. But it, that's very different than being like, find an accountability buddy, put something on the calendar once yeah. a month and schedule goals four to six months from now. Like that's a very I, actionable way to think about it. that helps break it down. Right. I think also like be realistic with your goals. Like mm-hmm. your goals should reflect what your daily tasks are. Like mm-hmm. if I'm saying like, okay, I, I, this is not a goal of mine, but I'll give an example. Like oh, if I'm producing a podcast every week and a goal in six months from now is to be at 500 episodes, like my daily task should be like getting how I'm going to get all these episodes out. So be really specific with it and like know that everything that you're doing during the daytime should be making tiny steps and tiny progress towards that overall goal. And it's a good way to work Mm, backwards and say, what am I doing? It reminds me of that, that last episode in terms of like, doing one money-making move every single day. Like if that's your goal every single day, then how many pitches are you doing a day? Like working backwards in that way is such beautiful advice. Right. And then it gives you, it's like, it's tangible feedback for yourself because let's say you don't reach the goal. You're like, great. What in my daily tasks was I lacking? What was I not doing? What changed? What didn't? Give yourself constructive criticism and feedback. Yes. Right. Because you're seeing it. You're seeing it. Gabby, you had a question though. I don't want you to forget it. Oh, we were talking about mentorship. Yeah, we were talking about mentorship. Oh, okay. And um, Meadow, Meadow and I were recently talking about this, and I just feel like Meadow is born to like just oh lead in general, and I feel like she definitely has some mentorship in her in her future. And I personally, I'm like, I'm in a space where I'm like, I mean, I'm constantly like looking for new mentors in my life. Um, but I really felt that when you and I first met, like you were just so gracious, and you. From the beginning, I was in such a transition in my career. And from the beginning, we're like, you're a peer that I want to see win. Like, that was the attitude. That was the attitude always. And even how we started this conversation, talking about road and seeing all these amazing women who are so uber successful supporting each other. Because there's room for everyone. I wonder – because there's room for everyone. Novel concept, apparently. And and by the way, if you don't think it's good for everyone, but it's also good karma. So, like, if we're going to make it about ourselves for (laughs) a second. But I was wondering if you had any – sort of tips for people who are stepping into mentorship positions of how to sort of remove yourself and your personal experiences from the guidance that you're giving others. Where do they help and where do they hurt? I guess is a good yeah. follow up. Hmm. I think I think that you do have to actually I'm going to rephrase this. Mentorship is actually about your lived experience. And for Mm. me, there hasn't been a distinctive removal of myself from that because I can only share what I've lived and what I've seen. So I think if you want to be a mentor, you have to show up with your full self and be incredibly giving with everything. And that's a personality type. A lot of people are that way. The women that I mentor it is truly the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I have zero, I have zero, there's no formula. There's no structure to this. Like it could be as simple. I was just going to ask you that. How structured is it? (laughs) It could be as simple as Gabby hitting me up and being like, I need guidance. And I think we met for coffee twice, right? Mm -hmm. One, Mm -hmm. twice. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. It could be as simple as that to, I recently had an incredibly, incredibly special situation happened where 
this really bright and talented young woman was living in Colorado and she had shot me an email and shot me a very good email. We get bad emails sometimes. Like, like, hi, like, I want you to connect me to this person. Yeah. No, she sent me a good email. She was like, Hey, I'm really, I'm living in Colorado. I'm deeply passionate about the fashion industry. COVID kind of threw a bump in the road for me. And I love what you do. And she, she obviously had listened to the show a lot and she brought in a lot of different examples there. And she was like, do you have time for a Zoom? Like, I'll take as much time as, as you'll give me. And I just want your advice on kind of how I can make it. Um, living in Colorado. Yeah. We ended up having a, a really great conversation. She was so sweet. I adore her so much. She, and I, I, from that conversation, I knew, I just knew that she was someone I wanted to stay connected with. I ended up setting her up with pretty much everyone I know in New York. And um, Hell yeah. she moved to New York and she's living there now. Wow. And um She's working. And last time I was there, um, I was in deep need of an intern to kind of help out with the project. And she was like, I'm coming. I'll be there. And we ended up spending the oh. whole day together. And it was like the second day that she had lived in New York City. And she, oh, wow. we had like, I had a bunch of jobs that day. So she came around with me and everywhere we went, people were like, oh, how do you guys know to each other? And she would look at them and just be like, lives the reason that I'm here. And it just, I think if you are... I agree with you 100% that like it, it, the karma of it all is just, and the karma, I, the karma for me is just her saying that, like that, yeah. that means yeah. the world, mm -hmm. like I don't need any more, I don't need anything else. Like I, yeah. I just think when you mentor someone, you have to be willing to show up with your whole self. You have to be willing to really give them everything that, that you possibly can. And, and that's why it's so important to find people that you really mesh with. Like, that's why I've never really yeah. formalized it. I've never been like, Hey, I'm launching a mentorship program. Like, no, mm -hmm. for me, it's people yeah. that I authentically connect with and that authentically reach out to me. Mm -hmm. And I can tell really, or maybe inspired by my work or want to do something similar. And it's a rough mm -hmm. road. Like I did not have anybody older than me telling me what to do in this industry. So like, if I can kind of give back in that sense, and just share my experience and what I've seen, whether it's from the brand side, the PR side, the influencer side, whatever it is, like it is truly the most rewarding thing of all time. Just being able to, you can, you can really have a massive impact on someone. Um, if you put your ego aside and you show up with your full self and, um, yeah. I, I think people really underestimate how it sounds super cheesy, but like all of us live this like unique, very special experience. Like your experience is really different than mine. And there are so many tidbits in that that I could probably learn from and Meadow can probably learn from it. Every person in our lives can learn from your experience. I think we just have to be willing and like capable to share it because you can really mm -hmm. change someone's life by doing that. I have to say, I yeah. just recently acquired a mentor. I don't know, got a mentor and it kind of came out of nowhere and acquired. I've acquired a mentor. It kind of came out of nowhere and I've never had one. And he is completely different than me. He's 50 and a man and a family and has started and built many, very many brands. And it's monumental. Like even just a 20 minute phone call with him is monumental to like my education, me continuing to be a student, me thinking about things in a different way, reframing things like those relationships. I think once you have someone do it for you too, it just makes me want to do it to other people so much more. Cause I realize how much fucking value can you hear us? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. My, okay. I have TMJ. So I was just moving my, <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> off my jaw. That's the worst. I thought, <laughs> I thought we cut out. Oh, no, 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 so, have you ever gotten a buckle massage or whatever? Didn't help. No, I need to do that. 
I've just kind of like when taken out in the mouth and they get in there. Yeah. And he's <laughs> you seen that. that? You need to yep. I've seen it. I got to do it. Um, but yeah, I, to your point, I completely agree. I, the one thing I will say though, is like when I was growing up, I felt like mentorship was really like shoved down my throat. Like I felt like I was irrelevant if I didn't mm-hmm. have a mentor. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was that at school or in your family, where, where did you feel that? Cause I never got that lesson. <laughs> I felt like kind of in college, I felt like in the fashion industry, okay. like everybody wanted like their, their older person yeah. in the okay. industry. It's a fashion thing then yeah. maybe. I feel like maybe there was like a move, like the, think of the devil wears Prada. Like we all want our like oh, mentor that sure, has, sure, 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 that sure. like has yeah. our back. Yeah. That was a terrible yeah. example, but like, yeah. you get what I mean? Um, no, I totally get what you mean now. Yeah. So I, I feel like if you didn't, I, I, I think it was really like sought after when I was younger. Like if you don't have one, that's totally okay. Like finding someone that you totally. click with that's willing to give you their time, like it's tough. And like, for me, the most special and impactful mentorship moments have been, have come out of moments that are totally unplanned. So like, I think exactly. if you find someone that you resonate with, great. And if you don't, that's okay. Like we're in a time right now where like, you can literally have virtual mentors. Like listening to your podcast is basically mentorship in a way, like listening to, we have so many, like there's access to so many things right now that I think mm-hmm. teach his own, whatever works, works. Totally. I'm like, I don't even have anything else to say. I know. Say. I was like, that's like, kind of a beautiful period. place to end. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Oh, Liv, thank you so much for doing this, for taking the time of for course. your pearls of wisdom. We appreciate you so much. Anytime. I'm so happy. I know people are going to people are gonna get so much out of this. Every time we listen to you, we said this, every time we listen to you on the pod, but even being able to, because I've never talked to you, even being able to speak to you in person, you are so eloquent. You're so generous with your knowledge. You're so well-spoken. Mm-hmm. You are such an expander for both of us. And so we appreciate hey. you being here. Oh my God, of course. I, I love the show. I'm very proud of you guys. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I was going to say that's expander. That's Meadow. I love when people, when Meadow calls people expanders. And that's, by the way, the highest compliment she will literally give anyone because her whole thing is like, we want to be around people who like expand, expand my subconscious feel, and like yeah, make me believe expand. with what I can do for myself. If you could do it, we could do it. And I how say we this learn. all the time. If I walk into a room and I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Period. That's I'm in the serious. wrong room. And that, you know, exactly. it's okay to be in those it's okay to be in those rooms sometimes, but like get out of your sure. comfort zone. Like yeah. really push oh, yourself. Yeah. Go take a sign language oh, yeah. class. <laughs> push yourself. Exactly. Like, everyone listening, go to ballet. <laughs> exactly. Literally. Just go. Like do something. Like do something. Because <laughs> like no one wants to painting. do anything. Go take a painting class. That would be fun. I'll do that I'm with you. So bad at painting. I'm gonna do it. There's a good. I'm gonna do it. I mean, like even um, the bitter end. Like go take a like pottery class. Like anything like that. It's just, <gasps> yeah. 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 The bitter. We've been end. talking about this. Maddie and I were talking about um, pottery classes. I mean, like, at, like guys, there's just so much out there. Like you can go take a pottery class. You can have art class. Go play tennis. Like whatever it is. Like if it, even if it's twice a month. Like just getting out of your comfort zone to me is so crucial. Totally. Yeah. Words of wisdom, baby. Beautiful to end on. Thank you, Liv. You're the best. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Thoughts Baby Berry podcast every Monday.